Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. We are going to be broadcasting live on YouTube on Thursday the 15th and 22nd of February and the 1st and the 8th of March at 3pm UK time. So if you want to participate in the discussion, then please come along if you're up nice and early over there in North America or if you're a filthy layabout like us at home on a weekday here in the UK or somewhere else in Europe. Tune in live because we're taking it to the next level this year. Roll the show. Good to be with you. Do the intro for the podcast. Okay, people, we're back. Welcome to this diamond edition of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. And I know that every edition of the Scottish Liberty Podcast is a diamond edition. This is a diamond edition for a very special reason. This is our 75th podcast. So you lucky people. What have we got for the people today, Anthony? We are doing a breakdown of the Scottish Notional Party, Scottish as National you like Party. to call them. I do like to call them that because they are the, the officially the worst national party in the world. Today. Today. I mean, there, there have been some pretty bad national There's parties. There's a few that will make the finals. Uh, yeah. You know, in the past, uh, particularly, uh, you know, yeah. 30s, 40s. 30s. <laughs> right about that time. Yeah. So I used to have to confess I was a member of the, of the Scottish National How Party. How could you? Mm. How could you? I was young, and uh, naive. I believed. I was naive, and I believed. Uh, I believed them when they said that they they believed in Scottish independence. Now that's demonstrably not true. They do not believe in Scottish independence. They merely believe in a power transfer from uh, Westminster to Brussels, uh, and that's not in any kind of independence that I'm interested in. Um, so we're going to have a break then today. Why? Oh. Tell us why. Why what? Why are we discussing the SNP today? Well, because we're, we're doing it today because the SNP have recently released their brand new propaganda piece. Yeah, facepalm time. Uh, and it's a, it's a takeoff of the old Monty Python skit. Uh, well, not skit, from the movie The Life of Brian, where the People's Liberation Front of Judea, the People's Front of Judea, are uh, sitting around saying, what have the Romans ever done for us? Apart from build aqueducts. Apart from build aqueducts, viniculture, you know, brought peace. All that. <laughs> so the SAP have done a similar thing with their uh, new party political broadcast or partly ridiculous broadcast, whatever, totally ridiculous broadcast. Uh, and they've done a takeoff of this. And it's called What Have the SNP Ever Done For Us? And then they proceed to rhyme off all of these great things that apparently the SNP have done in their 10 years in power. Right. Um, and Anthony, first of all, is going to tell you why that's not entirely true in and of itself. And then we're going to then do what the SNP have done to us. Which is going to be a breakdown, particularly on the record on civil liberties. Which is appalling, now, to be quite frank. So we were doing a two-pronged attack. We're getting our prongs out for you. Yes, there's and two of us, you can still and this uh, bull has two horns. So especially certainly a lot of bull. <laughs> so here's the interesting... So but we're not in a chain We're going to just go through the... I was just going to go through the claims made in the video of how fucking wonderful mm -hmm. the SNP are, yeah. and then we'll just... We'll just break yeah. them down. One I don't know if you're one. in America uh, or Canada. I don't know if you can. If you're on, if you're on YouTube, you can actually get 
get this video from the SNP. On the podcast version, I'll insert a clip from the okay. video. And then you'll be able to judge. You'll be able to have a look at what so, we're actually going on about. So, um, we'll just go through their claims one by one, shall we? Okay, and, shoot. Okay, What's the first, first one. Piece of bullshit. They scrapped tuition fees they and gave free fees. higher education. Free higher free education. Higher education. How did they do this? Have all the high school teachers and lecturers have they all agreed to work for nothing now? <laughs> I think you'll find they're probably being paid more than ever. Wow. Um, Where can this money possibly come from if the if the education's free? Well, they might not even be taxing people for it. They might just be running huge deficits now okay what the interesting thing about the introduction of free tuition fees was it was one of the most blatant uh, examples of bribocracy i have ever seen yeah. in british politics yeah. i think in scottish politics at least i think at the time labor were incumbent mm -hmm. and the snp's manifesto promise was we're going to oh yeah this is one thing they did we're going to scrap student debt so they basically bribed a whole bunch of people to vote for them by scrapping their debts that they... Now, how, first of all, how unfair is that to everyone who stayed at their parents' house because they didn't want to run up a debt? How unfair is it to the next generation of students that just came next and had to uh, pay their debts? And how unfair is it to the taxpayer who has to pay for people who voluntarily took on debt. Now, we can go, There's this is so multifaceted how wrong it is yeah. to scrap tuition fees and to scrap people's debt. For one thing, people come into the higher education system as a beggar, not as a client. If I go to a restaurant and I say, I'd like a veggie burger, please, and they come over and bring a hamburger for me. I'm like, excuse me, I'm actually a vegetarian. You, know, I'm, I don't want to eat that. Oh, we know what's good for you. We really know what you need to be eating. And look at you, Anthony. You're skinny. You yeah. need some protein, right? This is what you basically get in higher education. If you don't like your courses, if you don't think the lecturers are teaching you the kind of stuff you think you want to be taught, they're like, well, we're the experts. We know what you want to learn. And people come into the education system as a beggar because they're not paying for it. They don't have any sway. They don't have any clout. They can complain, but they have these big litigious yeah. processes and it takes them years to change their courses. And the courses aren't changed, of course, till you've already graduated and maybe the next generation might improve and you know i went to study music and philosophy there was a whole bunch of people who wanted to be taught to compose in a classical or romantic or traditional style yeah. and they rammed this uh, postmodern composition classes down our throats even if we wanted to learn um how to do it the way that they used to do it because that was their agenda you know there was modernist composers in the department and it would be too hard to teach us to compose properly so they couldn't be arsed and you know you're trying to get them to get you to give that you what they wanted was like banging your head against the wall so if people are paying they demand and if people are not paying they don't demand so even in the 70s when you had free education i think to a degree but people were um and people were i don't know there was a time when there was a time when students demanded more now i fear that they're demanding all of the wrong things yeah so that's my view on um, I mean, when you talk about the bribocracy there as well, I mean, uh, it, it emphasises as well the bribocracy when the SNP had the drive. Uh, to, well, they did it actually. They reduced the voting age from eighteen to sixteen in Scotland. 
So 16-year-olds can now vote. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is another debate. Um, but it seems to me a cynical ploy to get mm. youngsters are more likely to vote for free stuff. Right. Because it's not, it's not skin yeah. off their nose. Yeah. Somebody else is paying for it. Wow, that's yeah. great. Sure, we'll vote for that. So they, they know that, and so they know they're going to get votes from it. But if you're really saying that a 16-year-old is old enough, wise enough, and informed enough to make a decision about the destiny of a nation and about policy. But that same 16-year-old can't buy cigarettes, yeah, can't they buy alcohol, the because they really, they're not, they're not old enough. They can't really make that, that decision. Then why the hell should they be allowed to decide the destiny of a nation? Uh, if you're not old enough to fight in the army, because you can't, you can join the army at 16, but you can't fight in a combat zone until you're 18. Um, if you don't, combat ha- yeah, yeah, combat eighteen. If you don't have that, um, why should you have the privilege when you don't have the responsibility, right, to go and to to, to fight for that? Yeah. Sorry, so that's that's another argument. But yeah, and a that's final a, point yeah. while we're on the bribocracy, uh, I heard that the SNP obviously they're trying to get more Scottish control over immigration mm-hmm. so they can let more migrants yeah. into the country, and there was a stink being picked up because. People were saying that the SNP were trying to find out for migrants how much free stuff they'd have to give them out the public purse in order for the migrants to vote for them. Yeah. So this is like Stefan Molyneux's like talking point on uh, Democrats let wanting yeah. to open the borders. They're to a let perfect left, example you know, of it. Yeah. To let left wing voters in, which you could say, well, that's conspiracy theory. They were actually seeming to actually do be doing research into how to get migrant. So yeah. they're, they're this ter- horrendously corrupt bribocracy. And there's, I just want to go through, maybe touch on a few points, not be, because we can talk for ages on any yeah. one of these points, but just say examples of the same thing. When they're offering government solutions to problems that the free market would solve if the government just got out of the way. Building 750 schools completed 70,000 new affordable houses over 10 years, which really isn't that much given the demand for houses is double that, right? Um, well, obviously, they're going to need all those houses for migrants, though, aren't right. they? Right. <laughs> That's right. That's probably what they're going to go to. Yeah, yeah. 230,000 modern apprenticeships. Um, and there's there's a bunch of things that they've introduced that they claim to be um, achievements, yeah. when actually, if you just allowed the market to work, yeah. there would be tons and tons yeah. of schools. And this yeah. tuition would be cheap. And I, I believe and, that that house building program yeah. was actually started by the previous government. Right, okay. Yeah. The, if you let people build houses, they will build houses. I think it was the SNP, but I'm not sure it might have been the previous government who introduced these, um, what, what are they called? The, the, the special laws, which means that if you're not in a family, you can't have more than two people HMO licenses, you can't have more than two people sharing a flat. You you can't turn your living room into a third room for a new person. This um, strangles the the housing for people who maybe just want to turn their living room into rent out their living room and things like that. That means that person needs to find another flat. They're they're strangling the supply of housing, pushing rent and the Mm -hmm. cost of housing up. Um, You know, so all these things like... The modern apprenticeships, again, it's something from the free market to solve. 
if you stop the government interfering and saying, sorry, you can't employ this person under these conditions, then there'll be tons of apprenticeships anyways. People stand to gain from having an apprenticeship because they learn skills on the job from someone who knows what they're doing. They don't need to wait two or three years, go to uni, this, this, that and the other. And obviously the, the person employing them benefits from teaching them those skills because they get some free labor in the short term. Yeah. But why shouldn't they? They're training someone to replace them. So they're likely to keep the apprentice on if they're good because it's costly to train new staff. You need to keep on stopping and starting to explain everything yeah. you're doing. Now, if the apprenticeship is compelling, people will take it on. If it's not a compelling offer, they won't. You need to trust in people's ability to make good decisions for themselves, not think that the government is best suited to read the minds of everyone in the country and decide what is good for them yeah. en masse. And you know what the market demands are going to be in two or three years' time when no they finish one, their apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And, and generally speaking, when they're finished, what happens is because the government pays for these apprenticeships um, and, in one way or another, once the company's had the use of that person for two or three years, probably just pay them off. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What, what, if, the government's, if the government's paying for them, then... Of course, I'm going to take a free apprentice given to me by the government, but I would only do that if it was a wise decision on yeah. a free market. So you might be pushing too many people into certain professions. Yeah. This is like the omnipotent government, the idea, the fatal conceit, as Hayek called it, which is that some bureaucrats in government know better than the combined wisdom of everyone in the economy making thousands, millions, trillions of tiny decisions every day. No one has the information to centrally plan these decisions. That's why markets are so important, yeah. because if there's too much supply, the, the price of something plummets and people go, oh, I shouldn't do that, I should do something else. And if there's not enough supply, the price of services up, it goes, oh, maybe I should go into being a plumber. That is a good wage. You know, so you need, the government should get its arse out of these things. Yeah. Let the market decide. And it. its elbow. So, yeah, yeah, and its <laughs> elbow. So these are just things, I mean, what's, um, you know, extra free childcare, right? Okay, it sounds lovely. Let's help the children, giving people baby boxes and things like that. Now, I'm going to say something controversial, okay. right? If you it's can, never been done before in Scottish Liberty podcast. <laughs> if you can't afford to be raising kids, why is the government subsidising you to do that on at the expense of taxpayers who might be in the position to bring children into their homes and into the world? Right. I'm not saying that the poor shouldn't breed or shouldn't have kids, which you know, I, actually, someone accused me that of that on Facebook. I'm okay for anyone breeding, just not not out of anyone's pockets. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you don't have to be rich. You could go to a Buddhist monastery and live there and be completely poor and grow and raise a child in that environment among lovely Buddhists. You might be poor, but I'm sure it's a great environment to bring the children into. What I'm saying is people need to take personal responsibility for their lives. And if, you, if you've not got the savings yet to bring a child into the world, don't disadvantage a middle class family who do have the money by taxing them. They might want, they might want a child. But they can't afford it because they're paying tax for you. Save up the money, wait till you're ready to bring a child into the world, and then do it then. I hate this stuff of the government um, basically uh, 
yeah, messing up the... Well, it's the bribocracy. It's the bribocracy as well. You can get poor people to vote for you. It's just absolutely insidious. Um, insidious. And, oh, we're so compassionate, we're so kind. Well, you're not really very kind to the kids <laughs> that are going to be born... Your own pocket. Yeah. It's, you're not doing it out of your own pocket. Pay for it yourselves. Yeah. You're, you know, you might be encouraging people who do not have the best habits, the best work ethic and so forward to pass on to their children to have children while preventing people who do have those kinds of qualities from having children. That's a controversial thing to say, but you know what? I'm willing to take the hit because I actually give a shit more about the children that are coming into the world than their, um, their parents who in some cases, I'm not saying in all cases, might just be irresponsible people. You know, stop subsidising bad decisions at the expense of people who make good decisions. It's fucked. Okay, Boom. continue. Right. What else? Do they, what other? What's the? Oh, they're other giving bonus? a small, small business bonus. Oh, we're giving a bonus to small business. Right. That sounds nice, isn't it? it does sound nice. But here's the thing. It's one for the little guy. There is a purpose to the way that the market allocates resources that people don't understand, right? You might think Mr. Moneybags is investing in a small business, is just taking cash out. Oh, he's just rich, he's invested in that small business and he gets the profits even though that little guy is working hard. But here's the thing, Mr. Moneybags has proven that he's consistently invested in businesses that are successful because they provide things that people want. He can look at an idea and go, that's a good one. Uh, I don't think that'll work. And he's got a track record of doing that correctly, which is why he's Mr. Moneybags. Some bureaucrat at Business Gateway, which is the Scot, I'm on a roll here, man, yeah, go for which it, man. is the Scottish go on, go on, authority, go on, go on, go on. the government authority that hands out money to entrepreneurs and things like that, other people's money. They don't have the expertise that the Ex, that the expert investor does because he's got skin in the game he doesn't want to lose his own money so he looks at all the possible investment opportunities and gives money to the good ones because he stands to profit from it that business gateway guy doesn't give a crap it's not like this money is coming out of thin air even if it was coming out of thin air it would just inflate the currency and make the currency worth less every grant you give to a small business that goes under is money that didn't go to a business that was actually going to provide something helpful. It was a waste of resources. So the government should get the fuck out of funding small business, big business, any business. Booyah. Right. Do you want to take this one? No, Re you go for it. Record health spending, 12,000 more working in the NHS. Why is more, what, okay, here's the thing, I get what they're, they're trying to say here, but why is more, right, if you say we're, we've, got, we've got more police, that would suggest that there's more crime. So if you say, well, we've got 12,000 more nurses, that means there's a hell of a lot more sick people. Why in this day and age are we getting more and more sick people? You know, it would be great to say, do you know what? We don't need so many nurses because the health of people is getting pet is getting better in the country. You know, the idea that we'll get more doctors, more nurses sounds good until you say, well, the whole reason we get more nurses, more doctors, more hospitals is because we've got more sick people. So 
I'd really like some sort of audit into why we've got why there's, there's an epidemic of sick people in a modern uh, yeah yeah you know, in a eat, modern first world country. Yeah, people eat worse, they drink more, they smoke more. Well, they actually smoke less, but yeah. there's a lot of uh, your your unhealthy habits are sanitized because if you're a health freak and you cycle to work, uh, you have to pay your taxes. For someone who has bacon and eggs in the morning, goes to McDonald's for lunch, smokes 40 a day, has a cheeseburger, you know, uh, um, takes speed and coke at the weekends, take drinks 20 pints, right? Why? So we did a whole, I don't want to go too deep in it too, yeah. because we did a whole yeah. show called yeah. What's Wrong with the NHS yeah. with our guest Colin Gunn. If you want to know more on our analysis of why healthcare is wrong in Scotland, uh, please check out that show. It was a very good show. It did well on SoundCloud, yeah. not so well on, not so well on YouTube. So check out on YouTube. Okay, scrap prescription charges, right? I want to talk about that. Well, first, first of all, they didn't because right. the, the, lots of people. I think most people still need to pay some prescription right. charge at least. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, there are certain groups of people who don't have to yeah, pay and prescription charges. Yeah, if you're poor, you get all of these special benefits like free prescriptions, and that might sound good on the face of it, but it's a poverty trap. Because when you're unemployed or you're working under 16 hours, you're like, there's n I could move up to 30 yeah. hours, but there's no point, because not only do I lose my benefits, I lose my free prescriptions, I lose my eye care, I lose this, that. And when you add it all up, people are just going, there's no point in me entering the labor force. Yeah. You're trapping people in poverty. And if we were really cynical, we could say maybe that's the point, you yeah. know, to yeah. trap people in poverty. Oh, you libertarians, you just yeah. hate the poor. Well, I mean, like, let's just look at something very, very simple. I mean, who can't afford paracetamol? Yeah, I mean, it's we, like we saw things 20 like 25 pence, yeah, 25 pence, but then we were yeah. hearing that the NHS were paying like 4.16 a pack for yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, another example, uh, if you look at um, va vapor cigarettes, the NHS at some point decided that it was going to support vapor cigarette, you know, vaping e-cigarettes as a way of weaning yourself off cigarettes. Now, whether or not that's a good idea is another argument. But if you think that's the way to go, uh, why are you? getting into bed with big tobacco companies, the biggest tobacco companies to get these e-cigarettes that won't charge you lightly for it. They're going to charge top whack for these e-cigarettes. If they really thought that was the case, why not give people vouchers and let them buy their e-cigarettes wherever they can find it cheaply? Are you suggesting that the government would hide corporate welfare under the front of a benign policy? <laughs> well, you know... Yes. <laughs> I think these free prescriptions are corporate welfare because yeah. the legislators or the industry is going to decide which medication to give people for which illnesses. They take out the doctors to dinner. They say, give them our drugs. No, yeah. give them our drugs. And this is just taking public yeah. money and putting it into private corporate hands. Yeah. On a free market, they would be able to... There would be a plurality of suppliers yeah. and the companies would have to compete to knock down prices, to knock down prices. The government is not good at bartering because yeah. they will get in bed with one company and say, you give us everything you've got. Oh, but the NHS get the best prices because they buy in bulk. They've got that buying power of being a massive yes, buyer. Yes, well, that is something that people say. But yeah. what, they, what, what they are doing is they are putting something... Uh, economic term called economies of scale, which I think applies to the private sector into the public sphere. 
Um, yes, big companies can barter because they buy a lot at the same time, but they can do that because they're in competition with other big companies or other, and they've got a plurality of suppliers to choose from. That puts pressure on suppliers to put money down. But when it's the government, they do not benefit from economies of scale. They yeah. benefit from diseconomies of scale because they're 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 monolithic and they don't have the market forces to take advantage of exerting pressure on companies because you've not got an ecosystem the way you do in a free market. So that's my way of dealing with, with that objection. Right. So extra bobbies on the beat, more police officers. That's so great. I mean, do you know what? I never... Well, for start, it's not true. As a guy with, you know, long hair that looks kind of like a metaler or someone that's into rock music. Mentalist. Um, you know, might to some people look like the kind of person who'd smoke cannabis, even though I don't. I never feel safer on, on the night when I'm walking down the street and there's a couple of police officers behind me. I, I, never, I never feel safe. I, I never feel, feel safer. So um, it's an interesting thing because a lot of people feel less safe when there's police around rather than mm. more safe. I've been on the street, I've seen the police hassle people for drinking an alcoholic beverage out of a plastic cup because it's illegal Hang to Hang on, street. dude, you're stealing my thunder okay, here. Okay, you go. Okay, yeah. No, but I'll, I'll come on to that later when I do what okay. the SNP have done. But can I just say on the, on the, the, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, it's a double-edged sword. It's like the bouncer thing. You know, you can look at bouncers outside the pub and people can look at that in different ways. They can say, oh, there's bouncers in that pub. It must be quite safe, you know, because the, the bouncers will yeah. look out for you. Uh, or you can look at the bouncers and say they've got bouncers in that pub. They must get a lot of trouble. Right. You know, that's why they've got bouncers. But they, they're putting the 5,000 extra policemen. That was an electoral promise by the SNP. Okay. But there's sleight of hand going on here and there's smoking mirrors, as what happens a lot of time with government. They did not put an extra 5,000 all they did was replace officers who were already retiring. Wow, that's amazing. Right? Wow, so, I? Yeah, exactly. So that, 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 that's guff for a start. Even if it was a good idea, they haven't really done what they said they've, that they've done. Okay. So climate legislation and banning fracking. Can I just say, why the fuck are you banning fracking? It's a technology that has brought down the price of driving around and helped lots of people. Oh, but they poisoned lots of people in America. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. The solution to make fracking safe is to ensure that if anyone causes any damage at all by fracking, the company that does the damage is liable, and they know they're liable, for every single penny of restoring anyone they damage to their original condition, right? So when the BP did an oil spill, they, to their credit, they put a fund aside to pay for the damage. But the government, the US government or whoever was involved, only made them pay a percentage of the damage. They didn't make them pay the whole damage, yeah. which wasn't as bad as the Mexican nationalized mm -hmm. company. The Mexico, Mexico have a nationalized petrol company who were guilty of an oil spill and took no responsibility for it and didn't repair the damage. Yeah. The point of a free market is if you cause harm or loss to anyone else by your business dealings, you're personally accountable to restore them to their original condition and also pay them some extra money for their inconvenience. 
put into place the principles of the free market and companies will become safe and responsible because they don't want to go out of business having to pay damages. And also, not only that, get rid of limited liability. So if you're a board member of that company or a shareholder and you cause more damage and the company can't pay for it, your house is liable, your possessions are liable, then you will find that companies will start being extremely ethical and extremely responsible and the only fracking that will get done is safe fracking. That's my position. If such a thing exists. But that's if another, such a that's thing an, exists. And argument. if it doesn't exist, then no one will bother to do it. So the fracking and the, what were they, so you tied that in with something else there. Climate change, climate change legislation. Well, I'm not an expert in climate change, right? I don't know if it, I, I suspect that it's overblown. Um, but do you know what? If it's real, then, uh, you know, just fucking, as you've said in the past, just pull the plug on it at all, right? Why yeah. are we spending any money on fossil fuels at all, right? Yeah. It's just a dire situation, you know. That's yeah, well, it's too important. It's if too if important. it's true that we're killing the planet, you know. Um, I just think, look, I, even with the most extreme um, projections right. of climate change scenario, anthropogenic climate change, and this is what's going to happen. Human beings are causing it. Even with the most extreme projections, they're talking about a sea level rise of about between six and eight feet. Right. Um, and that's the most extreme right. predictions. Yes, uh, these uh, some islands will disappear. It's terrible if you're in the Maldives. But the, the thing is, the people who are, are, who are claiming this also admit that even what we're doing at the moment, and if we're doing more, won't save that from happening. So what's what is it better to do? Is it better to prevent people from industrializing? Is it better to prevent African people and uh, Indian people from industrializing and getting the benefits of an industrial uh, society and coming out of poverty? Is that better? Uh, is it better to stop that? Yeah, or is it better to spend it. that money so that people living on the coast should just move a couple of miles inland? Right. So what's what's cheaper? What makes more sense in the long I run? I personally am not scared about climate change, and here's no. the reason why. Because solar technology is coming down in price four to six percent a year. Um, there's just going to see we went from like almost no one having the internet to everyone having the internet in no time, yeah. right? It's only a matter of time before the technology becomes so viable that suddenly everyone's got solar panel roof tiling. Because yeah. if I've got to make the decision between paying an energy company and just buying some tiles and putting them on my roof, and that's my energy production, I'm going to choose mm -hmm. that. The, as If we're going to hit peak oil, supply and demand states that as a resource becomes more scarce, it becomes more costly. So the more oil we take out the ground, technically the price of petrol should rise. And as the price of petrol rises, then we uh, have the financial incentive to find alternatives. And another thing, why doesn't the government stop giving huge subsidies to coal and oil? Like, why don't we just get the government to stop giving money to fossil yeah. fuels so that we can make the same argument about solar technology? You think you're helping that solar panel company by giving them a subsidy. Actually, you're giving them an incentive not to innovate. Get the government to stop giving handouts to dirty fuel, first yeah. and foremost, right? Yeah. Then we can talk. Anyway, we could do a whole... I, I'm not... Yeah. I, 
everyone's talking about climate change. I think Matt Ridley, the author of um, The Rational Optimist, has a really great presentation on YouTube on climate change and how much economic growth um, would suffer if we take these actions and we can actually use the money that we would make from that economic growth. Fuck it, I'm a libertarian, but if you have to, tax yeah. uh, to, 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 to actually use the wealth that we're generating to put into place fail-safes to yeah. stop it being disastrous. Right, um, introducing same-sex marriage. Okay, from a libertarian perspective, I'm for that. You should be able to marry anyone you want. But are we really going to say that that wouldn't have happened without the SNP? I mean, come on. It's just a sign of the times. Yeah. Whatever government... Well, who decided saying, that gay people couldn't get married in the first place anyway? Wasn't that government? So in other words, all the government did was get, peace, get rid of a piece of legislation that wasn't there any, shouldn't have been there anyway, because it's no business of the government what two individuals enter into, a, you know, a, a private contract entered into voluntarily by two individuals, which is what marriage is really at the right. end of the day. I think the government should get out of marriage and it should be a private affair. Yeah. So just, I just they set up a national investment bank. I mean. Wasn't that great when they set up the Federal Reserve in America? It worked out and, really, yeah, well. Worked out really yeah. well. And the, the value of the dollar went down by 96% in 100 years. Like, oh, so great to have our own national bank. Like, like um, yeah, so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, let's see. Okay, so there's other stuff like free shit for old people, free personal care for pensioners, free, free bus passes. And the, the interesting thing is, you know, my dad... Uh, put away a lot of money during his life for his pension. He he looked ahead and he's now taxed on his pension, which didn't exist, right? Why are you punishing people who make good yeah. decisions, right? I'm I'm not I'm I'm, I'm very compassionate towards the elderly, but you know, here is our problem. Oh your um, dad's elderly though. Yeah he and is he's getting punished. He's getting punished. So I have compassion <laughs> yeah, for him yeah, yeah. because he worked long hours and, and things like that. Yeah, sacrificed he family did, time. He and, did yeah. fa sacrifice family time to sometimes the detriment of his relationship with my mum. And um the the interesting thing is you're just encouraging people not to look ahead. I mean, why are you using the government to force people to be more irresponsible than they would be otherwise? I'm not for using the government, but if you're going to use the government, please, for the fuck's sake, use it to help people be more responsible. You know, I don't know. You know, I'm skeptical about that. People say to me, Anthony, you know, you always talk about um, how if you want to help the poor, you should give the poor skills. So aren't you for like using the government at least to pay poor people to train in these new skills so that they can get better jobs? And I go, eh, it's tempting, but look, we already tried that with 11 to 13 years of education and did the government give them any skills that they could get good jobs with in that time? No. So even though it's tempting, what would happen in real life is these make jobs make people skilled again yeah. make people skilled again programs that the government uh, decided on would train people in stuff that nothing that no one needed the way to give people skills is to say to employers you you how you train your staff who you employ for what wage is completely between you and your staff and people will usually choose the best deal for themselves so there's that place across the road i can get paid eight pounds okay I want the money, so I'm going to do that. You know, I'm only 16. 
eight pounds is a good wage for me. Or that place across the road, yeah, they're only offering 650, but they will put me on a training program. And that means that maybe in a couple of years by now, from now, I'll be able to earn 12 pounds. People will generally make the best decision for themselves if you let them. So will the government please get the fuck just out the way? Just get out the way. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of infrastructure spending, bridge tolls, Queen Ferry Crossing, borders, railways. What we're basically looking at is... Again, the borders, I don't even think that was their baby. I think that was right. started by the previous government and they just finished it off. Um, yeah, so it goes to, where is it, Gala Shields? I don't know, but yeah, who the, the fuck, fuck wants to go, go there anyway? Well, it's, commuter, yeah. it's for commuters for Edinburgh, well, really. Look, Edinburgh and Glasgow. Why don't you just um, deregulate public transport yeah. so yeah. anyone with a car can take someone from A to B? Yeah. Then the public transport will get really, really cheap and some private company might want to put up a bridge because yeah. it's worth it to them to put a toll on it. What I would say the underlying um, thread in all these policies are is that they're all basically, we've given you free shit, which yeah. isn't free. Yeah. It comes out of the pockets of working people or they deficit spend. So you're basically kicking the can down the road to the unborn. It's shocking. It's appalling. And what shocks me the most is it's completely mainstream and no one but us ever watches these videos and say, all you're saying is that you taxed a bunch of people to give them free shit with their yeah. own money or with other people's money. No one ever calls the government on doing this. And if you do, you get called a Tory. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to me that the same party who says when it comes to climate change legislation says we have to do this for the children think of the children think of what we're leaving to our children well they don't seem to be giving a shit about leaving their children and their grandchildren in a pile of debt no they don't right. yeah. it's just par for the course so before we head on to the second prom um, driven by going to get Tam, prom he's going to, please don't um, <laughs> we're going to see if we've got any cool comments they clearly even uncool comments. They clearly don't get the irony of using a take on Monty Python sketch. Count Dankula getting them taken to court for hate speech for a Nazi pug when Monty Python took the piss out of the Nazis using comedy. That's from your brother David Laird. David, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, man. Aidan Lynn says. Not to sound like a snobby psychologist, but I couldn't help but notice the difference in body language in that SNP video. The SNP followers were the hip, trendy youngsters, and the critic was the low-confidence, stuttering, slick-haired conservative. Yeah. Well, yes. as we, we know, the, the guy, that bloke you're talking about, is supposed to be a guy called David. Well, he's called David in the video. It's supposed to be a swipe by the SNP at a guy called David Torrance, who's a political writer and has been highly critical of the SNP and wrote a a bit of an unflattering uh, biography of Alex Salmon. So they've they've got it in for him. So he's supposed to be Davy Torrance. Yeah. Um, someone said, uh, so it's your brother again, said, I agree government funding business just leads to them choosing the supported right types of business that should be there. Let the market sort it out. Please, I'm against government giving handouts in general, but please, for the love of God, stop giving it to rich corporations. Yeah. Like, like that is like the worst thing. Um, so, there's our comments. Let's go on to the second prong. Peter McKinn says, sup, guys. Well, 
I'd like to sup, actually. I might have a beer in a minute. But anyhow, uh, the second part of this is going to be, the first part, that was what has the SNP ever done for us? That's the name of the, the SNP's uh, video. Now I'm going to do what has the SNP ever done to us? Okay? What have the SNP ever done to us? Well, okay, let's have a look at, it's my view that the SNP is one of the most illiberal parties today, and I think they've done appalling things with civil liberties, and they've eroded civil liberties in Scotland. And let's have a look at some of the things that the SNP have done to us. Uh, consensual. Consensual stop and search. Okay, the, the, the SNP uh, got the police to do uh, what they called consensual stop and search. Hello, sir. Police, we're the police. Uh, we'd just like to know if we can search you. And you said, no, I'd rather you didn't do that. Oh, why? Have you got something to hide? Blah, de, blah, de, blah. Before you know it, it's not consensual anymore because you might have said something or done something. And uh, and then suddenly you're, you're, you're getting searched. Some of these people who were searched in one year alone in Scotland, 600,000 people were stopped and searched for no discernible legal reason whatsoever. Or 70% at least of those people stopped and searched. It was for no legal, uh, discernible legal reason. I, they hadn't suspected them of doing anything. Okay, so, and most people, when the police stop you and say they're going to search you, most people would be too intimidated or afraid to say, no, thank you, I'm just going to move on, thanks very much. Um, and a lot of those people that the police searched, although they said they've stopped doing that, but in fact they're still doing it, a lot of those people were kids under 12. And a kid under 12 is not going to say no to the police, really, in most instances. You know, Why, so, are, they, why are they harassing small children? Well, it's, it's about stop, the stop. It's ostensibly it's about getting rid of knife crime okay, and right. youngsters. I want to speak about this. Yeah, okay, okay, good. Right, all of this. Right, first of all, have you ever been stopped and searched? Yes, I have. Right. I was stopped. I've been stopped, not searched, because I refused to. Uh, I refused to consent to the search, but I've been stopped by the police in Stockbridge alone, which is near where I live, uh, on the way back from the pub. I've been and, and even in the way during the day, on the way into town. I've been stopped in a, in a two-year period. I was stopped four times. Fuck off. Right. Yeah. I've been For no reason. Was, the reason they gave me is that uh, we'd stopped because you were looking in that shop window at one in the morning. It was a charity shop window, and I seen a set of DVDs that I thought I would get. I right. said, I must come up tomorrow and get those DVDs. Uh, but apparently that's suspicious behaviour, according to Police Scotland, um, looking right. in a shop window. I don't know what time at night there's an acceptable time to look in a shop window, and what time there's a there's a, a you know it's not an acceptable time to look in a shop. But apparently, one in the morning at least was not an acceptable time to be looking in a shop window. So they stopped me and asked me a few questions, but I was polite and just said I just kept saying, "I'm free to go, officers or you know constables. Don't call them officers because that's you contracting and, and telling them that you agree." that they're an agent of a corporation as opposed to calling them constable or sergeant or whatever in which they're a public servant. So anyway, um, yeah, that's the, the stop and search thing. At one time, there was more people frisked in Scotland than there was in New York City in one year. So uh, consensual, so-called consensual stop and search. The SNP Justice Minister at the time, uh, this was a few years back, uh, Kenny McCaskill, uh, Kenny McCaskill, I like to call him, uh, he decided that it would be a good idea um, to get rid of corroboration. Wait a second, I'm not done with stop and search. All right, okay, sorry, cool. I was stopped and searched on the way to a party. I'm surprised that it's okay. not happened to me more. 
um, because of just the because, way you look. Yeah, just because okay. of the way I look, because I look like a stoner, even though I'm not one, as I have to keep on repeating. You're uh, a fucking freak, dude. <laughs> well, good, because I am a freak. All the girl, okay. all the girls be loving that shit. You know, the ladies love a freak. To get your freak on. <laughs> yeah, I love to get my freak on. I love to get my freak on. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it to the world. I love to get my freak on. So. <laughs> You just shared that with well, only six people. So no, ten. ten years. Oh, wow, it's going up. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in live. We did no publicity at all for this, so I'm really, really pleased to have that um, to have have that response. So, um, and yeah, I'm meaning to set us. I've not quite found out how to do it yet, but I'm meaning to find a way to set things up for you guys so you can check in online and find out when our shows are and what our topics are going to be roughly okay. so that you can actually come and join us on the live stream more often because we've been very ad hoc last year but we're we're, we're going to up our game yeah so we're going to sort our shit out we're going to tidy uh, our room uh, they, they stopped me for a chat and i was okay for that and they said, said something like uh, blah 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 and they said something about searching me and i was like well i, I was like uh, I, I can show you what's in my pocket. I'm not okay. I'm, I'm not okay yeah. with you searching me. Yeah. And he's like, it's just a procedural thing. Like he tried to assure me, I was like, um, as obligatory, yeah, and I, um, or something like that. This is many years ago. So yeah. and I think he said that it was right, right. I was um, trying it on, but just at that point, they got a call, and um, and he's like, he, they took the call, and then he went, okay, I, I've not, I've got to go on to something else. And they were polite to me, but I do not appreciate a random person stopping me and asking to search me. It's like, yeah. get your freaking hands off me. Yeah. Uh, for one thing, I'm from a Jewish family and you're a pig. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I just had to throw that in. But like, a dirty animal. Yeah. Right. But, um, but people say, they go, like, you know, oh, if, you, if you've got nothing to hide. But here's you know. the thing. What if I did have something to hide? Yeah. What if I decided... He could to... have a pair of knickers in his pocket because he's right. got a fetish. Yeah. It's not legal. Or, yeah. or, I yeah. might, or I might have been a drug taker with some um, Mandy or something that yeah. someone might take, you know. and Because I was going to a party. I was going to someone's private residence to take a substance. Now, I wasn't going to someone's private residence to take or a substance taking a sub yeah. or taking a substance. But supposing I was, why is that anyone's fucking business, okay? Yeah. I can see if it's out on the street, if it's at a club, you know, that someone owns, that they don't want drugs on their premises and so forth. Going to a party to someone's private residence to take a substance, that should be your right as an individual. And I am going to be debating... Uh, an alt-rightist and uh, white nationalist on the subject of the drug war, the, the pro drug prohibition on the show. But that's that should just be a, a good one. That Let's should be a really good one. one. So one final thing, you should be able to hold a knife if you want to. I've lived in a dangerous area. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've never seen the, the reason why I would want a weapon on me or something like that. But I can see why someone might, if you're getting hassled at school, you know, you, it might make you feel safe. You should be able to ha have one on your person. Plus, yeah. all the legislation about knives, I know people who've been uh, stopped with a knife for camping or something yeah. like that and charged with it. Get the government out of people's pockets. Carrying a knife isn't the issue. Using a knife of course. Is, is actually the issue. Well said. Um, but uh, I'm sure there's another debate to be had about that. Okay, um, they introduced... Well, sorry, the, yeah, Kenny McCaskill tried to get rid of corroboration. Now, right. this was done under pressure from certain interest groups 
especially women's groups in connection with rape specifically, because they had decided that there wasn't enough convictions uh, compared to the amount of people right. who were arrested for it. And I don't know what the acceptable amount it was of convictions are. Corroboration by a police from one police officer to another. One. No, but it's, it's any form of corroboration. But the, at this moment in time, well, yeah. But at this moment in time, there needs to be two police officers in order to corroborate each other's evidence. Um, but they what, what would have meant them. was when you got rid of corroboration, that would have meant that just one police officer. So if say, someone, a police officer, doesn't like you, he could unilaterally yeah, I saw Anthony, someone. Yeah, I saw Anthony Samarov trying to assault somebody or whatever. Yeah, you get, as long it's as self defense. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever. But the, the, when you get rid of corroboration, it's a, it's a. It's a fundamental thing in British uh, life, a, a fundamental right that you that you know nobody should just be able to make an allegation against you and you get arrested. It should that you should have to, to be that. corroborated, and the SNP tried to get rid of That's this terrible. in order to get conviction rates up specifically for rape. But what you know, it's you know they used to say it's better that one. Uh, that nine guilty men go free than one get when one then one innocent man goes to jail. That doesn't seem to be the attitude anymore. It's like, it doesn't matter how many innocent people go to jail as long as we get more guilty people into jail at the same time. Um, so trying to get rid of corroboration, it was voted down, but it hasn't gone away. Mm. You know they, they they really want to go ahead with this so that they might have another it's stab so, at it. It's so Orwellian. It's extremely Orwellian. Orwell. What's next? <laughs> uh, the Offensive Behaviour at Football Act. We've talked about this uh, on the show before. The SNP in, uh, uh, introduced legislation uh, because in Scotland there is apparently a problem with sectarianism, the whole Celtic Rangers thing, the Catholic Protestant thing, and the violence connected with it. Now, it's not as bad. I mean, I remember growing up in the, the, the 70s, and it was far worse. It's got right. better, and it's not to do with legislation. Just, just people are people done with that shit, right? You know, you know, people they are really are. They people like are just done anymore. with that shit. Um, but there are, it does exist. Um, but to decide that you can imprison somebody, and they have done this, you can imprison somebody for singing an offensive song, right? You know, I think... Why is Beyonce not in the jail? Right, all her songs offend me. Um, it's with you know they you have actually have the arrested, right convicted, and jailed people for singing songs no, under this legislation. Thing. And here's here's the thing as well: you could actually be at a football match in another country. Someone could video you on your on their phone of you singing one of these prescribed songs. And when you get back to the UK, when you get back to Scotland, you can be arrested, charged, and in prison just for singing a fucking song. That is insane, but that is Scotland in 2018. Thanks very much to the SNP. So Yeah, and it's like, to be honest, like some people like, you know, they have a few pints, they watch the game. There's nothing bigoted about them, but they like to sing the song because it's a bit edgy. Well, it annoys the opposition. It winds yeah. up the opposition, you yeah. know? Yeah, and I hate, hate bigotry and and things like that, but it's yeah. like it's not a government matter. I don't like the injection of government yeah. into every aspect of our lives. This is something where you know it's a personal matter. You go, "Oh, mate, don't fucking sing that song. That's racist." If you want to take a stand, yeah. do it on the personal level. It's not the place for government. And if somebody's singing loudly and causing a disturbance, we have laws against that anyway. If yeah, you're causing a disturbance, disorderly. yeah, exactly. 
So, um, okay, we'll move on. Uh, and and in connection with that, you know, we've got people in Scotland. This is this is true. This is not just something you'll read in the, the Daily Mail that's sensationalised. We had a chap in Scotland. I never really know him as Count Dankiller. He does a podcast. You should check yeah. out his podcast. His uh, uh, sorry, his, his, his uh, YouTube shows. Um, he taught also, his tell dog. him to come on the show. Yeah, tell send, him to come on our show. Send him tweets to say come on the Spencer's um, Liberty podcast. And uh, we'll raise his profile. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he, he taught his dog for a laugh, a little cute pug dog. He thought it would be a laugh to teach the dog to, it was a Pavlovian thing. And he would say, gas the Jews, and the dog would go like that, right, and raise its paw. And it was a joke. The guy's not a Nazi, demonstrably not a Nazi. He just he didn't piss his girlfriend off because I think she's a bit of a SJW. But anyway, uh, or that might not be true. I might have just made that up. But anyway, he didn't piss his girlfriend off. However, somebody took that seriously, reported him. He was arrested. He was charged. He did go to court. His life was on ice for two years because it kept getting uh, deferred and deferred. Um, you know, it's employment prospects are tarnished, he's tarnished, he's the victim of uh, vitriol from people, all this kind of stuff, all because he taught a dog to do a stupid Nazi salute. That's that's insane, and that's, again, that's Scotland under the SNP. It's worth mentioning, you know, the people of him and the people who knew him tried to send letters to all the um, parliament members in Scotland to get them to intervene on his behalf, and he said... All of the SNP members of the Scottish Parliament that I contacted were like against me. We're against it, all forms. They of just tossers. trotted at the party what line. A bunch basically, of cunts. bunch of tossers. Um, okay, armed police. We live in a police state. Armed police in the streets of Scotland. Now we're not talking Glasgow, rough areas of Glasgow, rough areas of Edinburgh. Uh, problem. We're talking on the streets of Inverness. If anybody's ever been to Inverness, it's quite a nice place. It's a nice place to live. It's a nice place to, yeah, it's got problems. It's not the same as it was 20 years ago, but it's actually quite a nice, it's only just got city status a few years back, mm. you know. It's a nice, tranquil, touristy city. And they had armed police on the streets for no discernible reason whatsoever. It's just to get people used to it. Uh, yeah, it's to get people, and people say, what the hell is going on here? Um, we had the introduction, well, we had super injunctions. Now, super injunctions are a problem in the UK, not just in Scotland, but the SNP have used them. Right. And a super injunction is a high court injunction against you saying anything. It's basically a prohibition on free speech and a prohibition on the press to, to write or print something. So um, the super injunction costs the public purse. I think it can cost them anything up to £40,000 a month or more uh, for every month that the super injunction continues. And that can be indefinite. Um, and there's a prohibition on you speaking out or writing anything in connection with a specific person or going on. So much, many of these super injunctions have been existed in existence. There's a few in Scotland at the moment. As I say, it costs the public purse money for this prohibition in free speech and the freedom of the press. And one of the, the sinister aspects of it is they won't tell you what the tariff is. So if you break the super injunction, so you, I mean, you're not even allowed to say that there is a super injunction on a specific thing because that in of itself breaks the injunction. But if you decide, like, screw this, I'm going to break this injunction because it's a free speech issue, they don't tell you what the tariff is. 
So you don't know what, I'll break it because it's £15,000 fine, £20,000 fine, £100,000 fine, life imprisonment. You don't know. They will decide when you're convicted exactly what your, your tariff's going to be, exactly what they're going so to do with you. So they could throw away, yeah, they could lock you up and throw away the key. If they want, you know, in theory, at least. Terrible. Yeah. So super injunctions. But that's UK. That happens in the UK as well. They're, they're insidious and they've got to go. But the SNP have used them. Um, smoking laws. They've introduced draconian smoking laws. Now, I hate smoking. Right? I really do. I think I it's... I kind of like it. Yeah, you, you like it. I, I can't stand it, okay? And I've got to admit, I like being in pubs and there's no smoking in them. I thought at least you could make a case for, I suppose, prohibiting smoking in grounds of externalities in a public bar. But in private clubs, they actually extended it to private clubs that uh, you couldn't smoke in a private club. That That's... That seems insane to me. And they're taking it further. They're trying to make it so that you can't even smoke in your own house. What the fuck? Where are you allowed to smoke? <laughs> I, know, uh, I don't know. Up your own ass. I've got no idea. But, uh, yeah. And they, they introduced these plain packaging. right? Plain packaging For on me, cigarettes. This is undoubtedly a handoff to go the big it. tobacco companies. Because see, when you go in to buy cigarettes, they're not allowed to say what brands they have. You, uh, if I ask them what's the cheapest tobacco I can buy here, they're not allowed to say. Tell me, they say I'm not allowed to tell you. I have to look at the list, and they give you a long list of all their products. And this is very helpful to establish tobacco companies. You just, well, I'll just have a Marlboro, I guess, or whatever. Like, but what if someone new comes out? What if they want to make organic tobacco, or they find a species of tobacco that's less harmful for your health than the normal one? Uh, or a fair trade one, oh, we're going to pay the, the growers more money. How are they even going to um, elbow their way into the market when no one can even see what products are on offer? Yeah. It's shocking, and it's almost certainly driven by the tobacco industry itself because it's not going to stop anyone from smoking. Would I be right in saying that they cannot even... Well, I mean, they've extended, it used to be 16 to buy cigarettes, but now it's, I think it's 18. 18. I think they're trying to make it even higher. These are the same 16-year-olds, by the way, who can decide the destiny of a nation, but they can't buy cigarettes. Anyhow, would I be right in saying that if you go into a shop and say, hey, what's your cheapest packet of tobacco or what's your cheapest packet of cigarettes? Yeah. They can't actually tell you. Yeah, I just said that they hand you a list and you have to right. read through so the list. They give you a so it's, you're wasting people's time as well. It's stupid as hell, man. It's just do-gooders pretending that they give a shit because it's such an easy target. Do you know what else is bad for you? Like... um sugar do you know what else is bad for you excessive animal fats why don't they put little um stickers on every on every carton will. of milk which say because i hate it when i get a packet of cigarettes and it says on a um smoking uh, clogs your livers and arteries and it's like yeah so does animal fat so why don't you put a sticker on every bloody carton of milk how about we put in you know you get when you sometimes you get a birthday card or a christmas yeah. card and you open it up and it'll play happy birthday to you or it'll play yeah. jingle bells why don't when you open a packet of cigarettes you could have a pre-recording of somebody screaming in agony and gurgling as they die <laughs> well here's one thing uh, on that point it's yeah. like um uh, studies reveal that birthdays are good for your health <laughs> people who have more tend to live longer <laughs> okay uh, and that uh, sort of uh, flippant note, we'll move on. Drinking laws. Uh, the, the, the war on tobacco, it doesn't stop with the war on tobacco. The war on drinking as well, uh, on 
just generally having a good time. You know, uh, they're really puritanical, the SNP. And they've decided that for the good of your health, you shouldn't be allowed to buy alcohol cheaply. So they tried to introduce legislation um, to ban supermarkets uh, from from making you know, for doing cheap deals, two for one deals in alcohol. You know, buy a bottle of wine and get one free. And they've tried to introduce a minimum price for alcohol, which was overturned um, by the European Court, yeah. I think. How, the European Court that the SNP loves so much, by the way, uh, um, turned overturned their own law. However, it's not going to bed. They're still going to try and bring that one in if they can. Why are um, you targeting people on low incomes? Yeah. Basically, it's like... See it's a war on the poor. See if I'm rich, I can... Ah, well, an extra couple of quid on a bottle of wine isn't going to bother me very much. But see if I'm on an income of, I don't know, 10 grand a year. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or worse still, if I'm on benefits. Now, obviously, I don't think people on benefits should be spending their scarce resources on alcohol, but that is a function of government So uh, that they're getting those. So, I mean, but the thing is, basically, yeah, these syntaxes, it's a war in the working class. It's snobbish. It's like, yeah, people who want it are going to get it one way or another. So yeah. just, you know, let the alcohol be cheap. Yeah. Let people booze. Uh, let them drink too much, have a bad hangover and decide to learn from their mistakes and do better in the future. If you've got problems with alcoholism, tackle problems with alcoholism. Yeah. Don't like put everyone in Britain in prison just to make sure that you get the bad people. That's stupid. Do you know that in a public bar in Scotland, the barman or bar person is not even supposed to ask you if you want another drink? So you'd be standing there having a pint, you'll be almost finished. The barman or barwoman, bar person, whatever you want to call them, is not allowed to That's say bad. to you. That's bad service. It's not allowed to say to you, would you like another one? Or would you like the same again? Uh, that they're not supposed to say that. They do, but they're not supposed to, right? Okay, because you as an adult human being will feel under so much pressure by that that you will buy another drink even when you didn't want one. I wish right? you would offer me another drink. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you might have to wait a wee while. Um, so there's that. There's the there's the creation of political policing overall. Police Scotland. In Scotland, they used to have regional police oh, yeah, forces. There was uh, Lothian and Borders Police, Grampian Police, Strathclyde Police, uh, Fife Police, all these different police forces. And it created a kind of rivalry that made them, I think, made them better, better police forces uh, and more localised. However, under the umbrella of now Police Scotland, they've brought the whole thing under the one roof and they've created a police force that's centralised, um, which I believe to be a bad thing. A lot of coppers that I've spoke to believe it's been a bad move. Um, and that kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of draconian things that happened with the police force. An example in Edinburgh, uh, where... Prostitution is basically illegal, but it's not really. It's soliciting that's illegal. But uh, in Edinburgh, they had saunas, uh, sauna massage parlours, which were basically brothels. That's that's what they were. Um, and there was a few of them, and they were council licensed, and it was, turned a blind they, eye they were, it was turned a blind eye. There used to be one directly opposite Turfican Police Station. Wow. In in uh, in, Ed, in Trafficking Street Police Station in Edinburgh, right opposite it, right. Um, 
So it, it was it was turned a blind eye to in Edinburgh. Um, Police Scotland, under uh, their chief constable, who was Stephen House at the time, they decided, never mind what the police in Edinburgh say, or the council in Edinburgh says, this is now Police Scotland, we're going to clamp down on this, and they raided uh, the, the, the saunas. So um, what, did they put uh, the girls in prison, or the uh, or the Johns in prison, or, you know? Well, they just closed them down and raided them, and it's usually it's usually the, the girls, although the, the you know the, the S and P are keen on this Scandinavian model of just doing the doing the user, not the dealer. Um, but to the dismay of a a politician called Margot Macdonald, who was herself an SNP politician, who'd been trying for years to get better deals and better circumstances uh, conditions for sex workers to get them off the street into places where they'd be safe. And one of these places where they were safer was in the sauna massage parlours. So all the police did was kick them out of a safe environment and force them back onto streets or back into private flats where they, where, where they weren't as safe, where they didn't have other girls there uh, to help them or somebody looking after them. And uh, health visitors regularly visiting the, the, the establishment, which is what yeah, happened. Their, their pimp's not even allowed to carry a knife to protect them. <laughs> well, exactly. They right, yeah. stop and searched. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been stopped and searched on his way to work, so he can't protect him. Uh, so that, that's one of the things that happened under Police Scotland. Um, the Named Person Act, that's another insidious piece of legislation that the SNP are trying to drive through. There's been some opposition, a lot of opposition to it. But basically what that means, we've talked about it before in the show, so I won't dwell on it, but basically it's the introduction of a state guardian for every child in Scotland. Mm. How it's going to work... Uh, even numerically, arithmetically, you know, when you consider, let's say there's 500,000 kids in Scotland. So if every one of them is going to have a personal uh, guardian, that's a hell of a lot of public servants. Uh, obviously, they're not all going to be looking just after one child each, but they've worked it out that each one is going to be having to look after something like 500 children. Well, I mean, contrary to the who, the SNP clearly think that the kids aren't all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, from the from the get-go, as soon as you've had a kid in Scotland, what they want is you're to... Suspected. You're suspected. You're suspected. You're a target of, are, so, yeah. or of being a targeter. And obviously, the main problem yeah. is resources-wise... If you try and look at everything, you're looking at nothing, so you can't um, zero in on yeah. the cases where there. And it's it's warrant, unwarranted state intrusion into the family. Right. Really, it's what it is. Um, ID cards. Now we don't have ID cards. The SNP opposed ID card legislation when it came in from Tony Blair. Yeah. However, what the SNP have done is they've created the, the process of creating a database. Now databases do exist anyway. Uh, and the government says, well, it's to stop tax evasion, right, okay, whatever. However, what they're doing is they're consolidating that database and they were considering giving everybody, each person, a unique number that corresponded to that database and anybody... and such, anybody? anybody? Well, not even who is it. Some of the craziest organisations, uh, visitscotland.org, could actually get access to this database and find out everything about you. You can find out your criminal... Uh, past if you've had one can find out your medical records all sorts of stuff they'll have access to the SNP are doing that and it's one step away from an ID card mm. you know and there's this the the way in through the back door is to say well we're gonna we're gonna tie it to um, to stuff that's uh, what, what do you call it when you've got like a, a bus pass or something like that um, I can't remember the word it will come to me but if you've got a bus pass 
or uh, something that you an entitlement. So if you've got oh, an entitlement, yeah, if you've got an entitlement like a bus pass or a, uh, an unemployment uh, card, it'll be tied to that. So that's that's a way of ID cards uh, through the back door. So they've, they've, they've been trying, they're, they're doing that. They haven't they said so they're not doing ID cards, benefits but, they're, yeah, <laughs> but they're creating the database uh, in the first place. Um, are we finished with this? No, there's got to be something else here. We've done saunas. We've done this, the searching. We've well, done the cigarettes. I'll look at the comments while you do that. Yeah, have a look right. at the comments. So the HC says they'll ban drinking in pubs next. They target people on low incomes because they have an utter disdain for the poor. And he says, Edinburgh, all for coat and knee knickers. My granny used to say, good one. Peter McCain, they are adding a minimum pricing on alcohol. Sorry, it's good for me. I live near the border, so black market booze time. Lot. Well, you are an aspiring young entrepreneur. Thank you for telling the authorities. Live unfortunately, unfortunately it looks like the UK government might follow suit if it goes through. Um, um, and finally, your brother says that you seem to know a lot about the saunas. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I like a sauna. Uh, <laughs> well, so, look, you know, hey, anything I'm else a single guy. We, we wrap up. <laughs> uh, accountability. There's no accountability. There's no second chamber in the Scottish Parliament. You know, unlike the Westminster government where there's a House of Lords, so that at least oh, this... Oh, you elitists. Yeah, I know. But look, it's, at least it's a second chamber. Whether you think that should be, uh, you know, peers or an, or an inherent right well, to be I in there, that's another of, thing. There's a kind of interesting thing about, you know, a meritocracy which doesn't exist in a parliamentary democracy. You don't get elected to parliament by being really good and really competent and running stuff. You do it by having good language skills, you know, being able to talk to people, tell them what they want and things like that. And when, you know, I would rather have, even though I don't, I'm not a fan of government in general, I would rather have someone like... Um, you know, Sir Alan Sugar um, presiding over things because he's done good in the free market. You know, he came from relatively low means. So, I don't know. Maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, doesn't he want to you people as well? Well, you know, that's just like, I can <laughs> see under the laws in this country, I've got that taped, he said, yeah. one of you people. I could get him charged for making an, an anti-Semitic comment on my own show, you know, <laughs> yeah. on his own show. <laughs> Which he probably will when you I know. piss him off. Like and that. it's like, yeah. it's ridiculous because see if it was, um, this is contractual, like, yeah. is it not up to me to go, do you know what, I'm not fucking doing a show with you anymore, you <laughs> arsehole, you know, you keep on making comments, you know, that are, you know, I can take care of myself. I don't need you to fucking haul his ass off the jail. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not right now, anyway. It would be interesting to do it just to make the Scottish <laughs> Liberty podcast. Be honest, they'll really probably famous. get me on the saunas. Um, so the other thing about the ID card thing and the, the database, the SNP pushed this through. They got, they got their majority, but they only managed to get their majority on the database because they hauled one of their MSPs, their members of the Scottish Parliament, uh, somebody called Aileen Campbell, or Aileen, but I think it's Aileen Campbell, they dragged her back off of. Oh, they said we wouldn't. They wouldn't drag. Didn't drag her back. She came voluntarily, but she was on maternity leave, and they pulled her off maternity leave to come and do this vote. And it's the only way they got the vote through. So how does that fit with their right-on sensibilities about uh, you know women in the workplace? You know, they yeah, dragged this woman a, off of. Because uh, if you're in a private corporation, you can't go. Oh well, she wanted to come off maternity leave. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To work for us, stay at home with your babies, please. Yeah. Like at least for a while and you know breastfeed them properly yeah. and things like that don't just rush off back to work it's look 
into it. It's so damaging yeah. for an infant not to have their mum. And the way that we've evolved, sorry, I love talking about stuff like this, as human beings, the human hips couldn't be wider, much wider than a woman's hips because they just like fall over, right? Which means that because of the size of our head, because we've got really big brains, um, we are born super, super, super prematurely for anyone, for mammals particularly, which means that basically when your baby leaves the womb, it should really, in an ideal universe, still be inside its its mum's tummy for a good number of months, right? So that is why early child care is so important. Uh, babies need to be touched constantly to develop um, properly. They need Don't to be fed very well. for that. Sorry. Yeah, that was you had to lower the tone. You had to lower the tone. Anyway, I just love uh, bringing in superfluous information because I yeah. love these facts and I love sharing them. But, but anyway, that's just some of the things that the SNP, SNP have done have to done us and are still doing okay. to us. So that's pretty much it for this week. Um, it's yeah. good to be back. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. That's We're stoked about that, that 10 of you took the time. 11, to, you know. Yeah, 11 at times. one point. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, please send us, please add, like our page on Facebook, Scottish Liberty Podcast. We are on Twitter as well, Scottish Lib Pod. Send us a message, send us some feedback. Send us some ideas for discussions. We are, we're, send us any instances you know of of where the police overstepped the mark, the government's overstepping the mark in Scotland, any information you've got in the SNP and the bullshit. We'd love to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, and here's the thing. As those of you who've been following us on iTunes or your podcasting app, SoundCloud, you'll know that I've been putting out episodes over the last few weeks that are mostly my appearances on other people's show just to fill in the gap. So you could... Mind the gap. So you could basically consider this to be season two of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. Season two. So that's what we're wanting to do. We're going to step up our game this year yeah. and um, we need to hear from you. We're going to try and get a way that you'll know when we're going to broadcast ahead of time so that we can get more people tuning on live in YouTube. And for those of you who enjoy it in your podcast app, maybe now and then you'll be free to pop along and, uh, and catch us live. Um, or for those of you who only tune on in YouTube, don't forget to go and ch check out our podcast feed because there will be a few episodes on those that you haven't managed what do they to have see to do? yet. You have to share. So share that shit. Please share the show. We think we do a good show. I was really happy with today's show, and I think we've returned to form. Yeah, we're so, not too rusty. Until next time, be libertarians. Don't be righty. Or a lefty. Or an SNP supporter. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Because they're too left-wing and too right-wing at the same Peace. time.